Support the Love Thy Neighbor podcast network at anchor.fm slash Anthony dash Wilson slash support. Again, anchor.fm slash Anthony dash Wilson slash support. If you'd like to give a one-time gift, go to dollar sign A Wilson 2273 on your cash app. God bless you. God bless you and welcome to the Love Thy Neighbor Podcast Network. I'm your host, Anthony Wilson, uh, welcoming you back for another installment of the Love Thy Neighbor Podcast Network. Uh, this week, we're going to dive in deep with both feet. Um, I've been a pastor for many years and I've taught on a lot of things. And one of the areas where I feel like I've taught but I need to go back and reteach it and re-explain it with the tools and the proper interpretation, not just using what was available um, at the time, but doing my own personal deep dive study and then comparing it with what I, the materials and the things that I've used. One of the, 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 the most controversial areas um, that I've had to teach on that I'm now really going back and re-examining is spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts for me is a very interesting subject um, because there are so many books, so many books, so many resources, so many, um, so much teaching And you would think, well, we don't need to teach on spiritual gifts. But I believe we do need to teach on spiritual gifts and we need to get a biblical, contextual, um, historical, literal point of view. Um, As I've been, you know, preparing and working on my degree in biblical studies, I have, you know, worked hard to go deeper pay more attention to the culture at that time, the historical references, the literary uh, references, looking at the Greek and the Hebrew words, the Aramaic words, and really trying to understand what did the original author mean and what would his original audience have taken away. And what I've learned is that we in the 21st century read the Bible and jump immediately to trying to apply it to our modern day experience, our modern world without first investigating, studying, um, understanding what it would have meant to the original hearers. Uh, We have this thought process that the Bible is being, it was written directly to us. And the Bible wasn't written directly to us. The Bible was written directly to the original audience that is listening or that is hearing or that is reading the letters of Paul, James, Peter, Jude, the prophets speaking specifically to Israel. Um, And 
those listeners would have had a very good handle on the environment, the context, the economic status, the social and cultural um, implications of what was being said. And spiritual gifts, um, in this deep dive that I'm getting ready to do into spiritual gifts, I want to really focus in on what was going on that led Paul to write this because the, the, the tone of his teaching on spiritual gifts is that of answering some type of question that was asked of him concerning spiritual gifts. And that question is rooted in the context of first Corinthians. And what is the context? A, a Gentile church, a church of people who were not originally Jewish um, in cultural, social uh, practices and norms. He spoke to the Corinthian church about things um, that the Jewish listeners uh, wouldn't be that concerned about. Now, there were some Jews there. There were some Jewish Christians there. But primarily, the, ch the, the Corinthian church was a Gentile church. And so when he has this discussion of spiritual gifts, we've got to grab a hold of the context um, firmly before we can really interpret what they meant. And, and I've never really done that. I usually have taught spiritual gifts based upon a template that was already given to me, you know, because you weren't supposed to reinvent the wheel. And as a, a young pastor, um, I just used the tools that were available. There was this huge book with, you know, guidelines and spiritual gift tests, and we would give it out to our church and everybody would take their spiritual gift test and see what their gifting is, which now <laughs> looking back on it, I, I can see how that was problematic and I can see how um, it could cause some issues because spiritual gifts are not something that we can test. And we'll see in the study that spiritual gifts are something that God manifests according to his will, his purpose, his plan. Um, and us looking to see, well, which ones do you have? So you can then pick the right job, pick the right ministry, pick. I, I get it. I think it was well-meaning. I think it was helpful at the time. But now let's grow. When I was a child, I thought I was a child. Now I became a man. I put away childish things. And let's mature beyond these elementary things that we that we did just coming in. Um, one of the major books that we used was um, Discovering Your God-Given uh, Gifts by Don and Kate Fortune. Um, that book shaped a lot of what we thought about spiritual gifts. In this particular deep dive, I want to deal with spiritual gifts on a deeper level because of the modern day issues. And so let me explain to you the modern day issue that is facing us. There are so many God-fearing, God-loving, Bible-reading Christians that don't believe that all or at least some of the gifts still exist today. Um, I hear terminologies like apostolic gifts or miraculous gifts. 
Um, and they say that with uh, the early apostles, with the, the death or the ceasing of the early apostles, that the gifts ended with them. Now, maybe not all the gifts. Like I said, some believe some are all some are some, some you know, a portion of the gifts. Um, they especially, you know, believe that prophecy is no longer needed because we have the complete canon of Scripture and reading the Bible. Um, what I want to do is I want to figure out what is it that they're seeing when we read about these gifts that brings them to that conclusion, because the Bible doesn't even use the terminology of apostolic gifts, you know, or miraculous gifts. It's just gifts. And these gifts were given um, uh, for the equipping of the saints, for the building up of ministry uh, and the Holy Spirit gives these gifts, administers these gifts through grace for the benefit and the profit of all in the body of Christ. Um, the gifts have been faked, misused, abused, and for some churches altogether absent. <laughs> um, people have based their beliefs in their personal experiences, whether affirming gifts or opposing um, or absolutely denying spiritual gifts um, as a whole. And I believe that we ought to take some time and re-examine them here in 2021 so that we know exactly what the Bible is talking about to the best of our ability as it relates to spiritual gifts. Um, so one of the things that jumps out at me is when you read 1 Corinthians 12, nobody ever reads the full context. Usually when I hear people teach on it, they jump right uh, to verse 7 and start talking about the gifts. They don't actually connect spiritual gifts, especially uh, these nine what people call manifestation gifts, to the context um, that they are seated in and the context that they are seated in is interesting because <laughs> I, I think it's untapped. And that's why we're not realizing what spiritual gifts really are and how to really interpret the passage. First Corinthians chapter 12 um, in the right way. We're not able to do it in the right way because we're not looking at the full context. And so 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. Um, this is important because for some reason they were asking about spiritual gifts. And so Paul wants to make them um, well aware, well educated, well equipped. And so the first untapped fact about gifts of the Holy Spirit is that by the Holy Spirit, the church was able to know who Jesus was and could discern from their cultures. They could disengage from their culture's reliance on idols and other gods for insight and help. And you say, where does that come from? Let's read it. Now, concerning spiritual gifts, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles carried away 
to these dumb idols. However, you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the spirit of God calls Jesus accursed. And no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Now, on the surface, you're saying, I, I don't understand what this would have to do with spiritual gifts. This has nothing to do with spiritual gifts. Um, the connection to this dialogue between Paul, the apostle and the Corinthians is about the worship of idols and the communion with the demonic spirits of the world. Paul made known that the spirit of God would be all that the Corinthians would need to know Christ and to serve him properly. The, the key element here is that from chapter 8, 1 Corinthians chapter 8, all the way up to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, there is an ongoing discussion about idols and food sacrifice to idols and communion with the demonic. He's, he's, he's pointing out that they were carried away by these dumb idols. And what we're going to find out is that Paul, through the teaching on spiritual gifts, is helping the Corinthians to shed their need for all of these gods, these idols, these lords, these multiplicity, this pantheon of different um supernatural powers let me just read you something from first corinthians chapter eight um no let's go to first corinthians chapter 10 yeah let's get let's get in there first corinthians chapter 10 and we're going to look at verses 19 and 20 first corinthians chapter 10 verses 19 and 20 here's what he says what i am saying then that an idol is anything or what is offered to an idol is anything. Rather, the things which the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to demons and not to God. And I do not want you to have fellowship with demons. Now, let me read this again. Now, concerning the spiritual gifts, this is first Corinthians chapter 12, verse one and two. I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. He's focusing on this, this, this worship of idols where they had idols for everything. They had idols or gods that governed wisdom and knowledge and miracles and fertility and all these kind of things. They were seeking out wisdom and guidance from these idols. And so Paul says, I don't want you to be ignorant about spiritual gifts. First things first is that the Holy Spirit helps you to distinguish what spirit is speaking. Because if it's the Holy Spirit speaking, he will not say Jesus is anathema or, or cursed. Will not blaspheme Jesus. Number two, you won't be able to confess Jesus as your Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. And so if there's another spirit at work, they're not going to confess Jesus as Lord. They may acknowledge that he's the son of God. They may acknowledge, you know, that there is a God or that God is real, but they won't be able to confess that Jesus is Lord. 
that can only happen through the Holy Spirit. And this is interesting because by not connecting this to this conversation about spiritual gifts, we miss out on this idea that the Corinthians were gaining access to spiritual things through idolatry, through false gods or demonic entities. Okay, this I really want you to get this because most people don't tie this into the context. And so you begin to read on further. There are diversity of gifts, the same spirit. There's a difference of ministries, but the same Lord. There are diversity of activities, but is the same God who works all in all. So what is he saying here? That we don't need all of these gods, right? The Holy Spirit works in diverse ways, manifests himself in various activities. But there is one spirit and there is one Lord, one God. This again is Paul, the apostle, showing that there is no need for the multiple gods, you know, doing separate things for the people. Um, in 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 5 and 6, this is the Apostle Paul. He says this, For even if there are so-called gods, whether in heaven or on earth, as there are many gods and many lords, <laughs> yet for us there is one God, the Father, of whom all things and we and we are for him and one Lord Jesus Christ through whom all things and through whom we live. And so he wants them to know right off the bat that there may be many gods out there. There may be many lords. Yet we for us. He's talking to the Corinthians, those that are followers of Christ. There is only one God and father. There's only one Lord Jesus Christ through whom are all things we need. We don't need anything else. And through whom we live, we don't have to use anything else to live. I want you to get this. So the Holy Spirit gives us everything that we need and connects us to the one Lord, the one father, the one Lord, the one faith. Whereas they were into multiple gods, multiple lords, multiple faiths. There was a pantheon of gods. And this conversation of spiritual gifts is not to be understood fully if we disconnect it from that context that they were worshiping multiple gods. They were seeking out multiple avenues to get insight, to get healings, to get miracles, to get all these things. And Paul is saying, let me narrow this thing down and show you that you don't need to seek outside of your Lord Jesus Christ, who has sent his spirit to give you everything that you need. Verse seven of second Corinthians of first Corinthians 12, first Corinthians 12 and verse seven. Here's what it says. But the manifestation of the spirit is given to each one for the profit of all for to one is given the word of wisdom through the spirit, another, the word of knowledge through the same spirit, another faith by the same spirit to another gifts of healings by the same spirit to another, the working of miracles and another prophecy to another discerning of spirits to another different kinds of tongues to another interpretation of tongues. 
but one and the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills, as the spirit wills. Okay. And so let's begin to ask the question. So what is the purpose for these gifts? Well, let's look at wisdom. And because I'm going to try to really dive deep, I'm probably only going to take one gift at a time. So I'm going to start with wisdom and uh, I'll be building on this in preceding episodes. I don't know how long this series is going to go, but this is going to be important. So let's start with wisdom. Um, Verse seven or verse eight. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the spirit, the word of wisdom. This word of wisdom, um, Sophia, S-O-P-H-I-A, Sophia, which is 4678 in your Strong's, is the word wisdom. In this specific verse, it is the ability to discourse eloquently the, this wisdom. You know, in other words, the ability to communicate through speech or writing eloquently the wisdom from the Holy Spirit. Now, there are some amazing biblical examples of a person operating in this gift of wisdom. Um, One of them um, is one of my favorites, Stephen in the book of Acts. Stephen in the book of Acts. When you go to Acts chapter 6 and you look at verses 6, uh, look at verses 8 through 10, we meet Stephen, who is one of the original seven. Um, most people call him the seven de- deacons, um, but we just call him the seven because that's, you know, what it gives. Um, Acts chapter 6, verse 8. And Stephen, full of faith and power, did wonders and signs among the people. Uh, Then there arose some from what is called the synagogue of freedmen, Syrians, um, Alexandrians, and those of Sicilia and Asia, disputing with Stephen. And they were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spoke. Now, Stephen goes on to address the Sanhedrin and he begins to pour out revelation of Uh, the Old Testament and how it meets up with their New Testament time. This is wisdom. Stephen spoke the wisdom, not of this age, but the wisdom that comes from God. You know, Paul talked about this in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 6 through 8, that there's a wisdom that is not of this age, that Men of this age cannot stand up to this wisdom. First Corinthians chapter two and verse six. However, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory. Um, which none of the rulers of this age knew. For if they had known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. And these rulers that he's talking about is 
uh, the, the, the Pharisees and the Sanhedrin who authorized, who went to Pilate and said, kill Jesus. He said if they had known, they wouldn't have crucified. You know, also these rulers are the principalities and the powers that are at work coming against Jesus, you know, uh, which is a deeper interpretation of it. But what is this wisdom? This wisdom comes from God. This is not a wisdom um, that is from the world. Now, let me explain something. When we first taught on spiritual gifts, I want to give you the definition of wisdom that we used from the book um, Discovering Your God-Given Gift. Um, the word of wisdom, a revelation of wisdom beyond natural human wisdom that enables a person to know what to do or say. That sounds really good, but that's not the wisdom that the Bible is talking about here. This is wisdom in communicating what God um, wants you to do or say. <laughs> you know, it, it's it's not just, let me put it this way. When I originally learned this, it was taught to me that, you know, God would just give you wisdom on which job to take or which house to move into or which neighborhood. He would give you wisdom on, you know, whether to leave this person or stay, whether to, um, you know, human earthly things. God is going to give me divine wisdom in them. And that's not what's being said here. The wisdom that's being said here is the wisdom in knowing and being able to articulate eloquently, whether writing it out, whether speaking it out. The wisdom that comes from the Holy Spirit that has to do with the will of God. Stephen's wisdom was not about should I get married or not. Some people were like, that's the, the, I need a word of wisdom. You know, there that is what they would have went to their gods for their idols, their fortune tellers, their uh, diviners. Should I move to Jersey or stay in Colorado? That's not what this wisdom is about. This wisdom is what God ordained from the foundations of the world. This wisdom is tied up in understanding and knowing, being able to know what God is saying through his word and how uh, to communicate that properly. Um, this wisdom is from God and not from this world. Let me share another verse with you in James. James chapter um uh, Chapter three, James, chapter three, verses 13 through 18. Here's what it says. Um, who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and self seeking in your heart, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly sensual and demonic for where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, 
field full of mercy and good fruits without partiality and without hypocrisy. Now, the wisdom from this world is self-seeking. It is um, has envy and bitterness in it, and it is earthly centered. It is wisdom about things in this world. It is sensual, which means unspiritual. It's using your senses. It's like, you know, when people do a reading, right? If you've ever had somebody, you know, do a reading, they're basing it off of things that they notice, things that they see, their ability to discern what they're looking at, not wisdom that comes from God that is about the things of God, that this wisdom is the ability to know and apply God's word so that God's people can respond appropriately and accurately to God's will. Let me say that again. The wisdom that we're talking about here that comes from the Holy Spirit is the wisdom or is the ability to know and apply God's word so that God's people can respond appropriately and accurately. The world will not understand God's wisdom. It is absolutely impossible because you need the spirit of God to reveal God's wisdom. Here's another verse out of um, 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 13. It says, these things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches comparing spiritual things to spiritual things. But the natural man does not receive the things of the spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. Again, this gift of wisdom, let me really I want to really hone in on it, because in our minds, we have um, combined kind of a pagan point of view with the Bible. The thing that Paul is trying to separate the Corinthians from. It feels like the 21st century church has adopted the idolatrous point of view of wisdom that I go to God to get insight on what to do about things that concern me instead of having revelation on how to live this life that he's called me into. Um, This wisdom is for interpreting and understanding the will of God and being able to speak it out and share it with other people. It is not primarily for just, oh, well, which color should I, you know, <laughs> make my bedroom? You know, those are that's the kind of stuff that people want. And, and, I'm, and I'm being a little sarcastic about it. And forgive me if, if that's offensive. But we have taken this divine wisdom And we have made it seem like it's just to, you know, enable a person to know what to do or what to say. What to do or what to say about what from what (laughs) is really the question. Um, 
knowing what to do or what God has said. So we want to know what to do based upon what God has said or done in his word through Christ. That's what this wisdom is for. That's what the church needs. That's what we should be living off of, understanding what God has said, you know, basing our wisdom, interpreting life based upon what God has said or what God has done in his word through Christ. It takes wisdom to interpret or to understand, you know, prophecy or dreams. When we go back to Old Testament, you know, we look at Joseph and Daniel. Uh, they interpreted dreams through wisdom. What is the wisdom? The wisdom is being able to or the, the ability to know what to do based on what God has said or done. For us in the New Testament, for us looking at the New Testament, for what God has said or done through Christ. That's how we determine what is a wise choice and what is an unwise choice. This is different. This is different than just this random. Well, Lord, you know, give me wisdom. When we're asking for wisdom. This wisdom has to be based upon what God has said or done through Christ. How do we live our lives? Is it a wise choice, you know, to, you know, pack up everything and be a missionary for that individual? If they're looking at scripture and they see that this is what God desires and, they, and they're convinced by faith. And we'll get to that later on in a different episode, um, being convinced by faith, because that we've messed that up as well. You know, faith is not something that we have. It's something that is gifted to us. But we'll, we'll talk about that later. When I look at the apostles, Peter, Paul, James, um, they knew how to base decisions off of what they were reading in the Old Testament. Because remember, they didn't have the New Testament. They were reading the Old Testament. And so the wisdom that they're speaking out is coming from uh, hours and hours of studying the word of God in order to know what to do based upon what God has said or done previously. That's how they knew who Jesus was. That's how they got the revelation of who Jesus was, was because they studied what God had already pr prophetically released, what he had already said or done previously. And this was how they applied and then responded to it. And so there's other wisdom in the Bible. There's Jewish wisdom. There's the Greek philosophy, um, you know, but the wisdom that is given by the spirit is so that you are not using wisdom of this world, that you're not seeking out idols. You're not seeking out diviners. You're not seeking out fortune tellers. You're not seeking out anyone. You're able to study the word. And this is the gift from the Holy Spirit, you're able to study the word. And you have the ability to know what to do based upon what the word says and what is revealed about Christ. And you're saying, well, how does that help me in my everyday life? Oh, it will help you actually a lot because there's a lot of wise choices you'll make when you understand 
what God has done. There's a lot of sin that you won't walk into because you understand what God has done. There's a lot of uh, um, uh, choices with your money. There's choices with your body. There's choices with your time. There's choices, you know, that you will make differently because you understand what God has said and what God has done through Christ in your life. Oh, God, I love this, because when you really get a hold of this. You'll understand that the Holy Spirit wants to give you a word of wisdom, a word of instruction based upon what God has done or said concerning Christ and how that affects the steps of your life and how you treat people and who you should, you know, disconnecting or not disconnecting, forgiving or not forgiving, you know, seeking restoration or not, you know, um, giving a person another chance or not. So when the Bible talks about in James 1 5, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask. You've got to understand what type of wisdom you're going to get because you're not getting earthly, sensual, demonic wisdom that has only to do with selfish ambition, bitterness, envy, jealousy. And you say, well, how do you how do you know the difference? Because when your wisdom is only about what you want and what you desire, I'm just trying to figure out if it's time for me to buy a new car. Don't waste God's time with that. Don't don't waste God's time with that. If you're buying a new car because God has birthed a ministry, he's convinced you by faith that you need to create a, a, a way to get people to the food bank or or get people to church or and he says you need to buy a bigger car because I'm putting it on you to get this done then amen then that wisdom is coming from understanding what God has said or done through Christ it now gives you the inspiration to go and do something and you say oh is that a wise choice yeah in order to accomplish what God is asking me to accomplish it's very wise I know this is hard to understand. And I know anybody listening to me right now is struggling through this. And 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 I know because I struggled through it when I really read it, because I was so used to the, the basic wisdom that had to do with, you know, <sighs> fleshly carnal things. But yet we're saying that we have a spiritual gift that comes from God. But we're not attaching it to the context that these spiritual gifts were to separate the Corinthians, disengage them, set them free from relying on dumb idols, worldly sources of wisdom, worldly sources of understanding. I'm going to go into knowledge next week. I'm going to go into knowledge next week and I'm pause there. Because knowledge um, is going to take another entire segment because I really want to dive into it more. And so what do you take away? What is uh, the spiritual gift of wisdom? The spiritual gift of wisdom is the ability to know and to apply God's word so that God's people can respond appropriately and accurately. Number two, it is knowing what to do based on what God has said and done in his word through Christ.
Let me say this again. Wisdom is the ability to know and to apply God's word so that people, that God's people, even myself included, you as an individual, will know how to respond appropriately and accurately. But it also is knowing what to do based on what God has said through his word, right, and done in his word or through his word as it relates to Christ. This is important. Now, those that are listening, if you're really listening, send me a message. Reach out to me. Ask your questions. I would love to counsel you further and give you more understanding of this because there are people that are believing that the spiritual gifts are gone because they're seeing people operate in divination, in sorcery, witchcraft, um, <laughs> idolatry, and they're saying that can't be, we don't need that. We, we, don't, we don't need this these special revelations that are disconnected from what God has said or done through Christ already. We don't need revelation that is not applying God's word so that people can respond appropriately and live appropriately um, and accurately to what God has revealed. We have people just rogue running around with, oh, well, the Lord you know, gave me, you know, this wisdom about this. And it's usually something that is earthly, sensual, or demonic. It's not pure, peaceable, willing to yield, full of mercy, impartial. You know, uh, we, we want that wisdom that is from above that will connect us to the will of God, to the purpose of God, to the person of Jesus Christ. And that person of Jesus Christ affects how we make decisions about our, our bodies, our money, our relationships, um, 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 our, our career choices, the ministry aspect. All of those things will be governed based upon what we understand about what God has said or done in his word through Christ. We will make better choices and better decisions. And so I pray that this helped you. Please reach out and talk to me about this. As I go through this series, you're going to need clarity. You're going to need understanding because I am unpacking something that may be a lot different than what you originally learned it. I know it is for me as we are diving deeper into this study. Uh, thank you for listening to the Love Thy Neighbor Podcast Network. Remember, if you're hearing this on YouTube, pre please subscribe. Hit that bell so that you can get um, all of the notifications. Uh, if you're listening to this on Apple or Spotify or CastBox, make sure you're following. Make sure you're subscribed. If you want to support this channel, go to anchor.fm slash Anthony Wilson slash support. Um, if you want to give a one time gift, go to your cash app and go to dollar sign a Wilson two two seventy three. We definitely uh, appreciate your support and definitely keep us in your prayers uh go to our love thy neighbor podcast network dot wordpress dot com site for our books and materials and blogs we're posting things on there uh, i pray that this has been a blessing to you um reach out to me as we go through this series god bless you remember to love the lord your god with all your heart soul mind and strength and love your neighbor as yourself mm -hmm.